Whoa. That's a perfect sound sound wave right there. You like that? Yeah, that was that was really nice. You yeah. know, there's a lot of um there's a lot of nice not nice things going on, but that that yeah. was nice right there. That was nice. Well, let's just let's just revel in that yeah. for a moment. Just a moment of silence for for the nice thing. For the nice thing. All right. Yeah, yeah, the film. film. <laughs> <laughs> Do you I it's been about a 2 week hiatus and I am very ashamed to say I have engaged with the film two times. Really? I think I've engaged with the film four times. Four times? Yeah, four whoa, time. whoa, whoa, whoa. You, so you're still doing like class stuff? Or are you are you like watching uh, no. the film for pleasure? <laughs> pleasure. Oh, been, shit. What pleasure. the fuck? He's been watching yeah. movies for pleasure? I mean, I'm still on in the class, but I like skipped last week's like watchings kind of. Mm, like, bad student. Hey, you know. I'm going to send this to your teacher. Who who, who, uh, who teaches <laughs> yeah, professor, you? Professor, uh, well, I better not dox him. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you dox yourself every other day. So I, mean, I do, I do, I do. What's it matter if you drag an innocent professor into this, huh? <laughs> I guess nothing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do it. Now. Hey, <laughs> um, no, I uh, I'm catching up on all the Oscar. Books. There you go. So um, honestly, I don't have much to say about anything. Um, oh, so I'm, I'm I, seeing I'll, some pretty spicy stuff. Yeah, just looking at your, your well, list there. I'll, I'll go ahead and say Spencer. Here, here's Casey's uh, five movie, five second quick review. Okay? Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, Spencer is three stars. There are three things that I like about it: the cinematography, Kirsten Stewart, and uh, the score. And uh, that's about it. The movie is carried by Kirsten Stewart. Th- th- those all stuck out to me. Yeah, Kirsten Stewart really killing it. Um, yeah. And, and I don't mean that that cinematography being real pretty. Yeah. And that score being scary jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Every, uh, everything else is kind of just middling, middling though. And I, I understand why I didn't get any nominations. I, I, I felt like, I, I don't know if it was like completely middling, but I definitely felt the same way where I was like kind of bored with it whenever... You know, it wasn't a spotlight on Kristen right. Stewart and stuff. I mean, there was a lot of good scenes in there, but I don't think I cared for, like, this particular story they told about yeah. Princess Diana. I wish it had been more grand in scope, honestly. I agree. I, I, the ending, the end sequence is my favorite when she runs out. Oh, yeah, that was a bit fantastic. Yeah. That, that was nice. I, I like that. Um, the Lost Daughter, uh, a fucking amazing. Maggie Gyllenhaal uh, still needs work as a director, but for this being her debut, this is fucking amazing, and I loved it. This is Olivia Coleman. Olivia mm-hmm. Coleman. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, honestly, and I want to say, like, you know, like, hey, Olivia Coleman already won her Oscar, but goddamn, man, I mean, she's so good. <laughs> like, especially in this, it's really good. Give it to her again. Give it to her. Give it to her. Okay. Uh, Nightmare Alley is really good i um, i saw it's on hbo max let's go do it, dude let's go um no it's really really good not del toro's best i think but i think shape of water is my favorite from del toro so far but nightmare alley is probably a close second have it's, you seen pan's labyrinth not for a very long time i okay. think i watched it a long time ago but i, need I, to I do love shape of water but i mean yeah I, I feel like even though it's probably the the basic fan uh, Del Toro thing. I, I really love fucking right. I mean, everybody seems to. I need to. I need to give it a rewatch. Um, if I even watched it in the first place, there was that and another movie that were very similar in my childhood. Then I can't remember which one I engaged with. But um, don't look up is shit. Don't even fucking bother. I have nothing more to say. I don't know why it's nominated for anything. It's, uh, it's so bad. Money. Netflix. Well, money. <laughs> I, guess so. I guess so. It's bad. Don't look up. Fucking sucks. Um, and then the tragedy in Macbeth is also just like so fucking mid. It's unbelievable. Like Denzel Washington is like fine, and so is Francis McDormand. But like really, there's honestly nothing there that is just like 
sticking out to me. Like it's like the same Macbeth story you've heard time and time again. The last duel between Macbeth uh, and the other dude, I forget his fucking name, is honestly quite impressive. But other than that, uh, it's pretty fucking boring, and I wanted to end my life during it. So I do feel like at this point, in this day and age, it's weird to see such a straightforward adaptation of Shakespeare yeah. because, like. We've we've already had like so many so many so many adaptations of Shakespeare. I mean, the '90s we kind of forget about it, but that was like everyone was like, let's just do the the OGs like Romeo and Juliet, Hamlet, mm-hmm. and all that shit, and let's just yeah. put it into the screen in different time eras. And I mean, yeah. they still do that, but it it's kind of died down. But I feel like to do Shakespeare these days, you do just have to reimagine the story and kind of yeah. put it under a different name. So I. I, I still haven't seen it, but I probably will, even though, mm-hmm. you know, it, it looks pretty just like Macbeth. <laughs> right, yeah. I just don't understand why he chose to, like, film it all on a soundstage, because then it's like, I, it kind of defeats the purpose of, like, adapting Shakespeare to the screen, for me, at least. It's like, we're going to adapt it to the screen, but we're going we're gonna to do nothing that makes film different as a medium. We're just going to film it on a stage and make it look like you're in a theater, but with camera angles. And it's just like the most boring take ever. Mm. Uh, and I, I just don't like it. The cinematography is, is alright. Like, there are some shots in there that are, don't get me wrong, are absolutely fucking glorious. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know. The wit, the take on the wit Three Witches was really cool. I did like, uh, I forget the actress's name. Oh. That plays the Three Witches in the film. I, I, I haven't heard about the, the yeah. casting, so I, maybe she, I should letterbox that for you. She's she's absolutely insane in it. Um, her take on the Three Witches is really fucking cool. Um, and uh, Catherine Hunter. Oh. Sorry, Witches slash Old Man in the film. She uh, she's, the, she's the one in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix where she's like, don't put your wand away, Harry. They might come back. And she, like, testifies for him. Oh, for oh, that yeah, chick. Yeah. Well, she's really fucking good in the movie. I did like all her stuff. But, uh, okay. yeah. That's that's what I engaged with. What what have you engaged with? Um. Well, there's one thing I'll talk about now. And then one thing I'll save uh, for maybe our larger topic. Or maybe it'll be a transition. But, yeah. So, uh, what I, 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 I rewatched Murder on the Orient Express, the Branagh version um and i still haven't seen any other telling of this film which is crazy because sydney lumet did the original version so i mean i feel like (laughs) i need to see that because i'm I'm sure it's probably better i so what confuses me about this movie is that like a lot of film people i respect like shit on it you know and Mm -hmm. like they don't like it very much and i like i can see how like brana um kind of you know schmoozes it up with this movie and like really for sure hammers some shit like it on the like head a, trying to be a hollywood blockbuster for sure yeah it, it, like it, and i mean it's kind of cringe too that he's like you know trying to set it up like nick fury you know with his hercule perot universe yeah. but like i feel like the agatha christie story underneath is like really solid and like still there like i i I guess because there have been other adaptations of it, like mm-hmm. maybe it feels frivolous, but like for, for someone who, you know, was exposed to Hercule Poirot as a character in Agatha Christie's work through this movie, like I mm-hmm. was impressed still, really? you know? And I, and I think that Brana's a good Poirot. I've, I've read some of the books now. I think that he brings that character to the screen in a very convincing way. I think if anything, you know, some of the celebrity stunt casting going on here, like, yeah, uh, I, you know, a lot of people love Johnny Depp, but I feel like he re- he's really phoning it in 
like for most movies i mean like i feel like he tries a little bit harder in this movie than he does in others but it's still like oh johnny depp like doing mobster persona like i i, I don't know he doesn't look bored at the right, very least right. but um also you know i i hate to say it but like daisy ridley has not had like a lot of success outside of star wars for me like she often comes across as as wooden and i and i'd say in this movie you know she was supposed to be played with i guess a little bit more like sinister intent and i and didn't really feel that from her mm-hmm. i don't know it, it's frustrating because i like her mm-hmm. like daisy ridley seems like such a cool person and i i hate when haters you know jump on someone like that and there's such a campaign against her acting yeah, or whatever but yeah. like i don't know it, it it really isn't all that great here um and there, there are a couple performances in this movie that are just kind of over the top like that that mm-hmm. i'm just like mm, i don't know but it's a good story i like the mystery and i like that th- this kind of movie really doesn't get made much anymore and i feel like i guess if you are gonna see uh this character hercule perot on the screen i guess it's gonna be in blockbuster format and so i, I trust brana to continue that i'm actually gonna go see death on the nile later tonight oh uh, really yeah yeah just you know why not you know Fuck having it. fun we got Fuck. the credits the only detective movie coming out this week right. of note uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the only one. Before I, I talk about the other movie I saw and our larger topic, I did want to mention the review embargo for the Batman has dropped. Uh, dropped this morning. Yeah, so people are saying their thoughts, and so far, uh, Misa, Misa likey what I see. You uh, know? Misa agree. Uh, I've uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing that a lot that a lot of people like the the detective like noir elements mm-hmm. in it, which is, which is always welcome. Uh, the chemistry between Robert Pattinson and and uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, Batman Batman and Catwoman, yeah, is, uh, very interesting and good. They say. Um, I don't know. Ever since I saw that that funeral scene that was on YouTube. I'm ready to. I'm ready yeah, to see it. I'm sold. I'm also intrigued. Like it ends yeah. on a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. fuck, <laughs> give me the movie. I feel like trailers used to be that you know like Kinda, just like a yeah. clip from the movie and then like alfred hitchcock going blimey that's what happens and then then this <laughs> might happen later i don't know go don't see know. the bloody film come, come see the film yeah yeah um, i agree but I, I i'm definitely intrigued i i i saw like ign gave it like a 10 out of 10 or whatever that doesn't mean anything oh, to me geez. like when a comic book based website gives a comic book movie a 10 out of 10 i mean they did that for joker too and i remember seeing that shortly after and being like i disgusting. don't fuck with this movie you yeah. know well and nowadays i especially have re- reaffirmed my thoughts on joker and Same. you know we've yeah, we've talked about it before. We've talked about it we enough. Oh yeah, we had the Joker episode, baby. Goodbye. Yeah, go Goodbye. check it out, episode fifty. Yeah, the Joker episode. Um, um I uh, also IGN is like corporate like shills. Yeah, basically they'd be like, I I bet you corporations throw money at them to give their shit good ratings. I so. mean, I've always heard that, but honestly, I think what it is is just like when. When a movie like this is coming out and they don't want people to be pissed off, I, I feel like they throw like the softy comic book guy at it. Like a lot of people at IGN have come forward and been like, "We don't get paid shit to make these reviews. We're just like the editors chosen." 
So, I, I mean, I hate that there's that campaign. I just feel like a lot of the times IGN in the past was really fucked up, especially when that one guy didn't, like, play Resident Evil 2. He just, yeah. like, yeah. He, he, he submitted the review, gave it, like, a 9 out of 10, and then people immediately were, like dude you, half your criticism with this game comes from you not having actually played it yeah, all the way through yeah. so that that's embarrassing but i think with the film for the most part they're just kind of softies you know yeah, like the lowest man. i see from ign is like a six so yeah. you know not to go see that movie if it's got like the mediocre score it's like oh ign thinks that's it's, like mid yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's True. probably bad right. it's probably and when they bad. say something's bad i'm like whoa okay <laughs> what's up with it's that? either really good or it's really bad yeah they gave matrix resurrections a four out of ten and that's when i started paying attention i was like hmm <laughs> yeah like this is gonna be a very divisive movie i suppose you know i, I was thinking about the matrix res not not to like rabbit trail here haha uh but i was thinking about matrix resurrections the other day and, and looking at it in the lens of a true and faithful sequel i can see how it does suck to people because yeah. people people view sequels in, in a in a very or like just anything like like in a in a like like a legacy sequel or sort of like you know they view it in a certain way and i could see how if the matrix resurrections was taken seriously at like that in that in that through that lens then yes it it sucks like okay that's not but it but it's not it's not meant to be taken that way and that's what's so crazy about all the review websites giving it all these horrible ratings and talking about it like they completely missed the point and i'm like where is everybody's media literacy here like come on like you can't publish a fucking review like that and be completely blind to what the filmmaker's intent was like we don't i, I don't know we don't live we don't live in an age where filmmakers release a film and you see the film and you figure out it for himself we we live in a, a society we live in a society <laughs> where I didn't even mean to say society. I'm sorry, but no, that's okay. We live, in, <laughs> we live in a world where movies are like, like they sit down with and have interviews with like the fucking sound guy nowadays. So you have unlimited information about the movie. Everybody has Twitter. Just read up about it before you make your fucking review, and you'll see that like. I don't know. I just got off on that tangent because it made me mad. Because fucking Jeremy Johns did the same thing. And he literally, he said it himself. He's like, now if this was a middle finger to Warner Brothers. And I'm like, what do you mean if, Jeremy? Yeah, it, what the <laughs> fuck do you mean if? How do you interpret it as you... anything other? It's just because people take things so literally. I think this is why people don't like engage with like Criterion Collection films or like higher, like indie, indie independent projects. is because everyone who goes to these movies and like you know the the cinescore or whatever yeah. is based off of people's literal interpretation of the movie and they can't yeah. they can't for a second be bothered to think like maybe they well to think you yeah, know yeah, like to think yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. this isn't uh supposed to be a story that you um, take a lot of meaning from on its surface level but as you dig deeper you see like oh these are why the choices are made and i, I definitely think re uh, resurrections is a perfect example of why the you know the audience at large will keep eating up shit from marvel um yeah. without ever engaging in these like thought-provoking blockbusters and and it'll probably make it harder and harder for these kind of films to come out and mm -hmm. that's that's really disheartening yeah um I yeah agree. speaking of john's today I, I watched his the batman review and i don't know i haven't seen the movie yet but from what i understood from his criticism he just was critiquing like a character arc like i don't know he was talking about 
Bruce Wayne in the new movie, which I, I will say I've seen a lot of division so far in the reviews that I've read. I'm trying not to read anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I get that jitters out, you know, like, yeah, okay, let's yeah. see what people have been saying. And so I can temper my expectations or whatever. Right. But right. I've, I've either been reading that a lot of people think that Pattinson's boring as Bruce Wayne or that mm-hmm. he's like really, really good and like, yeah. raw or whatever it but john's just seemed to be talking about the fact that the character is not the character we already know and love and i'm like isn't that kind of the the whole point of the movie is that like this character isn't that character yet yeah, like it's a reboot <laughs> yeah i mean like they even say in the blurb he's only been doing the batman thing for like two, two years, years. It's like the second year of crime this is literally like a mishmash of uh the year one batman story yeah Year one, like, come on. Well, I've always thought that's more interesting when, like, superheroes have to, like, take their time to, like, become yeah. that, like, like, godly persona or whatever. Like, I, I will say in the in the Nolan Batman films, I, I forgot how quick it was for him to just, like, become, you know, the goaded Batman. Like, right, he's, right. He's, in, in Batman Begins, he tries that one time that he goes out with, like, a ski mask or whatever, and it doesn't work out for him. And he's like, okay, we got to retool this thing. I'm going to get some military-grade <laughs> equipment. <laughs> yeah. It's like, maybe, honestly, maybe you should have just done that the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm excited. I like the... I like the um, a lot of people panned uh, the Arkham Origins game, the prequel, because they didn't think it was up to par with the other Arkham games in the series. Um, what I kind of agree with that. However, I thought Arkham Origins was uh, really interesting because um, it was in Bruce's uh, early years of crime fighting. So the cops were still after him. So like you literally beat the shit out of cops in the game because... Oh. They're aggressive towards you, and and uh, Gordon doesn't trust him yet, and you know all these new villains. He's meeting them for the first time. I just I think that's the most interesting stories of Batman. That and then in, in, in the late years of Batman's career, those are the where the most interesting stories come from. In I don't my think opinion. peak peak hero storytelling has ever been my favorite. And, you know, yeah. like when someone is like in their prime and yeah. just like doing their shit, like. It's there's just not a lot of interest there. It yeah. feels very like run of the mill. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like the, some of my favorite Batman stories are like Batman Beyond or the yeah. the Dark Knight Returns. You know, shit that explores like with age, eventually the character will you know wither away, and mm-hmm. you know you you have to test the strength of the symbol that way. And it, so I haven't seen the Batman yet, but I feel what like what Matt Reeves is talking about with this movie is like batman having to choose what kind of symbol he wants to become because he's like such a rage-filled character in this take it looks like i mean he's mashing that one guy's face in the in the trailer but i don't know we'll we'll watch it we'll probably have a spoiler talk uh, for sure for sure next episode i feel like i don't know when i'm gonna get to see it but i'm gonna try my darndest oh man what you're, you're not gonna be able to see it this weekend uh maybe Okay, I hope you do. I'm just worried for you in terms of internet people spoiling it. I wish it was releasing on HBO Max a little sooner. I'd just pop it on the TV, but... Yeah, I feel like Reeves was one of those guys that was like, oh, it's got to be exclusively Uh, in theaters or whatever, which it'll make bank, but, you know, I I, I wish it was more accessible. I, I feel like people took away the wrong thing from the pandemic, like, oh, movies releasing to, like, people's TV tvs is like the bad thing it's like sure that fucks with box office numbers but it makes your film way more accessible Mm -hmm. and and i mean i feel like it 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 allowed for more movies that i would have just like skipped entirely on hbo max to like be 
cultural discussion points, you know? Yeah. Like, were, everyone was talking about Space Jam 2 last summer. I don't, yeah. I don't know that don't anyone know. would have actually gone to see it in theaters. Like, fuck. <laughs> Literally. Like, I feel like they would make a lot of money, too, if they if they did that. Because a lot of people would want to subscribe to HBO Max for yeah. all their same-day releases. But, well, I mean, whatever. I understand. But did they run the numbers and just decide, like, oh, not enough? I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. Uh, I've been wondering about this moment for some time, though, about... Um, not to, like, worry anybody, but... Uh, uh, I've been wondering about when the next Batman film comes out. The last, the last solo Batman film we had. There's a tragedy in Colorado with a theater shooting with some fucking idiot dressed like the fucking Joker. I'm just wondering if this one is going to, uh, uh, if this, if that was just like a bygone era, if that was a fluke, or if if some people have an attachment to this franchise mm. with, uh, with that tragedy. Um, I feel like. You know, this is exactly what people were kind of getting riled up about before Joker came out. You know, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. all the memes like, oh, CNN's trying to start another shooting. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like it's warranted with this character, though, with, with him being so widely popular. And with, I, and honestly, people have some weird-ass associations with Batman. Like, I, yeah. I still hear about, like, the Sandy Hook was faked and Nolan, like, circles it on the map and... Uh, in Dark Knight Rises, like that's a theory. thing. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people who are Sandy Hook deniers point to the Dark Knight Rises, and there's like some coincidence that a character circles on a map, like some location, Sandy Hook, and they're like, he knew it's staged, you know. And I, I don't know, like with what shit like that going on, like of course I think people yeah. will take whatever kind of shit they want out of these movies and do crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, that's just people. I don't know. Conspiracy theorists, especially, right, right, will right. find the flimsiest shit and do whatever, yeah. and 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 that saddens me. I hope that doesn't happen with this movie. I I, no, I, I, I hope don't. we can get through this theater going experience without tragedy. I mean, honestly, though, it's probably going to be the COVID that someone gets from going to see it that'll <laughs> yeah. get anyone. You know, true, true, true. I'm trying to manifest that. Uh, manifest COVID. Yeah. No, nah, not manifest <laughs> COVID. Manifest I'm kidding, I'm peace. Kidding. Manifest peace. Uh, I think everybody's preoccupied with the war <laughs> yeah yeah well they're manifesting peace there did you yeah. see the 901 the 90210 girl like you know talk to putin on twitter and be like that, please <laughs> oh my god stop are, doing that are, wait are you talking about the girl who wrote a poem for putin oh maybe that that's who i was, was talking about i was? thought she was 90210 i have uh, no i have no idea i don't know i i didn't oh. even watch the full video i just was like this feels like an imagined like gal gadot thing yeah that's the one happening again yeah i got so, so fucking pissed i, I like, just Bruh. didn't <laughs> so stupid I, uh, yeah, I feel like we talk about current events enough, uh, in this show that we should probably mention, like, what's going on in Ukraine. It's just like, I don't know, we're not experts, and I feel like, you know, saying if we're gonna go to war, it would be very, um, irresponsible. I don't, I don't know. I, I just want to say it's, it's horrible what's, it what's horrible. happening, and like, uh, fuck Putin. I, I it, there have been so many badass stories, though, about yeah. the Ukrainians, like that girl going around giving sunflower seeds, seeds out and being like at least grow a sunflower when you're buried here yeah and the, and the fuck off russian worship the fuck off russian people. worship was awesome There's the ghost of the kiev the ghost of kiev bro what the fuck there was also a dude who blew up he sacrificed himself to blow up a bridge to stop a bunch of tanks rolling into a city that's fucking awesome yeah uh, the ukrainian people are a bunch of badasses especially their fucking president He's out Zelensky? There. Zelensky, oh my god, out there on the front lines with him, and he's like just taking—he's like taking 
videos of himself every day with like yeah. soldiers and being like, you know, I'll die here with my men. Right. He had that quote like, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. Yeah. Fuck. Hardest line in any presidency ever, bro. Okay, and we're back. Yeah. Presumably, there Presumably. was a there was a little break there. Yeah, that got a little nuts. I mean, was that really all that tasteful to have that clown sound effect right after <laughs> talking about the Russian war? Casey, you don't have to do that this time. <laughs> I know you're devoted to your editing. I am. I am. I am. But um. I wanted so I did watch another film and I thought it would be interesting yes. as a as a catalyst for a larger topic about video game adaptations because it's no secret that Uncharted is the hottest film on the planet right now. Is it? Tom Holland is making the world his bitch, making us <laughs> lather up in our little butter again and going, "Hey everybody, I own, <laughs> I own all of you." Uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, you saw it, right? I did. I did. I actually don't know that that it's doing too well at the box office. I think it did pretty good its first weekend, but okay, I haven't yeah. kept up with it. Um, I saw Uncharted, and um, it's about what you'd expect. Like, okay, uh, that's all I need to know. I know. It's just like it's very obvious that it's all centered around Tom Holland being cast as Nathan Drake. Like Sony was like, we want this blockbuster star to lead this project because it will probably make us a lot more money. And no. I and I will say that the only reason I saw it was because... Tom Holland is Nathan Drake. Well, no, because... Well, yeah, I, I guess if you yeah. boil it down that much, but it was because Kennedy's little sister wanted to see it because Tom Holland is right. Nathan Drake. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So they got six people on that basis. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can't say it's not effective, but uh, oh. Tom Holland as Nathan Drake weak as shit oh my god just like he's like i i I don't know like it just doesn't feel right he feels like he does the marty mcfly like american accent like someone pointed that out on twitter and that's like that's what he's doing here like i mean it works for spider-man because spider-man's like supposed to be a kid you know yeah yeah but like he he's still i mean they they make him more like adulty in this script like i mean he's he's doing like all kinds of cool bartender tricks or whatever. He knows the names of drinks. He's like, give me a smoke. Ah, ha, ha. But he still looks like a high schooler to yeah, me. And yeah. he talks like one. Like, I don't know. It's just like this whole movie is kind of... It, it, it youngifies all of the video games, like, main characters just to accommodate the fact that Tom Holland doesn't look old enough to play the role when you could have just found someone old enough to play the role. I did you ever see that fan film that came out a couple of years yeah. with Nathan Fillion? Yeah. Stephen Lang as Sully. Yes. And I, I can't remember who they got. Um, I, and I haven't played the Uncharted games like in a while, so I can't remember the the name of the other character in that. But um, that was great. That was much better <laughs> than the Uncharted full <laughs> length feature. And I mean, I'm shitting on it a lot. It, it's just because. The two main stars of this movie, Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, are totally like phoning it in. I don't think Tom Holland's phoning it in. I think he just doesn't have the chops to to play yeah, this role. He's a miscast. Mark Wahlberg is definitely phoning it in though. Like yeah. it, it, he, he's like, I don't know what Uncharted is, but uh, boy, I could make a lot of money off this. He's yeah. just playing himself. Why <laughs> they even cho- like? I had the perfect cat. I can't remember who it was, but I remember when I was like. I watched playthroughs of the because I didn't have a PlayStation, but oh, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed the Uncharted games by like watching gameplay. I mean, the cutscenes are dope. The like. cutscenes are amazing, yeah. So and the stories are great too. I, I watched all of them. 
Um, and I had this perfect casting decision for Sully in my head. Um, but it was like, and he was right there, you know, like there's so many people that could have played any any of these characters and Mm -hmm. they choose the two most, the fucking like dumbest choices for them. I just think it's kind of stupid. And I have like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to see this film in the theater. I'll watch it when it comes to streaming. I am not, I am, I've decided this year I am really, really, really speaking with my wallet at the movies. I am choosing to go see interesting things, original things. I probably won't even watch MCU releases in theater unless uh, it's like, I absolutely have to. I don't know. I just like don't feel like it anymore. I don't. Yeah. Feel, I don't feel like spending my money like that. And like, Uncharted with fucking Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg is something. Is it's the absolute last thing I wanted, and uh, I will not be seeing it in the theater. So I I didn't plan on seeing it at all. So I, I am very right. surprised to be here talking about <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, I, I I respect that, and I think that I, I I'm gonna try and live like that this year. Like you know, try not to just catch. Marvel movies day one just because like they're cultural like important things like I don't know like I, I missed out on Hawkeye and like things like that and I did not feel it's fun. their absence at all I was like yeah I don't give a fucking shit yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know um, and, and this movie definitely has not made that big of a splash like culturally and so it, it, there's not a lot going on with it I, I will say despite everything with the main characters or whatever this story is pretty fun because it, mm-hmm. i mean it's just like a national treasure indiana jones type movie will always those. be a yeah. little bit fun <laughs> yeah I, I will say the puzzles here are not very hard to figure out like it, it makes you wonder like oh how have people been chasing this treasure for centuries and not like <laughs> a couple of weeks yeah <laughs> like they, they always find something and it's like oh this is actually quite e-. like in one scene they look at it look at the ground and it's like an arrow pointing in a direction it's like oh we should go over there the arrow's pointing oh that way gosh. and it's like really <laughs> no one figured out <laughs> the arrow that points exactly where you need to go no one no one thought of that <laughs> i'm sure the puzzles in the actual game are harder than- yeah <laughs> i guess they just couldn't waste too much time like trying to figure out something complex or like the screenwriter couldn't think of anything <laughs> right hard. right yeah um, but I mean, I don't know. In spite of that, it's still fun, and it it's yeah. got kind of like that fun, like it specifically in these treasure hunter movies. There's always like a lot of traitor stuff going on, you know, yeah. people backstabbing each other to get at the treasure. And I mean, it might be flat and overdone, but like it's kind of effective. I yeah. <laughs> like it, it. It always makes me go like ooh, or like ah, or like mm, girl, get him. Just, just don't expect anything from like I think the only reason I had some fun with it is like I didn't expect like a masterful mm-hmm. like adaptation of Uncharted or anything. Right. But I do think that a lot of the things with this movie um that speaks to a larger issue with video game video game adaptations, which I would like to talk more in depth about why there have been so few good ones, mm-hmm. is that um it turns out it's a lot more fun to play a big dumb set piece sometimes Mm -hmm. than it is the watch watch one you know like there there's some in this movie too which one are directly ripped from like the uncharted games like the the plane plane sequence that's in the trailer that they by the way set up a lot in the movie they have like a i i 
spoilers for Uncharted, I guess, but not really. <laughs> it's like mild, very mild. Like they have the plane sequence set up at the start of the movie, and they're like, "How did he get here?" Yeah, and it's yeah. like if you've played the games before, it, you're not very excited to get there because right. it's like you've already done it, and it's probably more exciting in, yeah, in, yeah. in Uncharted Three than it was in that movie. Yeah. Um, but like. The set pieces can be fun like that, but, like, I don't know. There, there's something to be said about, like, when you're in control of a character and going through those motions than just, like, being passive. And I think it's that interactivity of video games mm-hmm. that these adaptations will never nail. It's, like, people don't love these things for the story. Like, I mean, there are video games that people love for the story. Right. And But the thing is, the interactivity in those games is usually lower. Like, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. like, people love that series because it's all player choice you know, yeah, or i mean right it's it's interactivity but it's also very like thinly disguised delusion of choice too right but i i think that's when video game stories really excel mm-hmm. and other video game stories excel when you get really abstract and play with like player mechanics and i don't think that's anything you can show by just like doing no. like a live action cut scene essentially yeah. i don't know like i just feel like with the uncharted games this was always bound to be less charming than the original product um, yeah yeah i uh i mean i when i think of uncharted i also think of like tomb raider in the same vein um i recently played through the the 2000 and or like the late 2000s like remakes of the tomb raider games oh oh like, like the the, the 2013 one yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The rise of the tomb raider and, mm-hmm. and all those those look good the the first I played through the first one. It's fucking amazing. Like okay. it, it's one of my it's like one of my new favorite games. Like I, I really loved it. And, and one of the things I was thinking about, I was like, bro, why hasn't this version of Laura Croft been put to screen? Because this story is actually it's gritty, it's dramatic, you know, and it can the game is very cinematic at, at many points. And I'm like, why don't we why don't we try to adapt this? Like it's right there. And then I remember what we did. It was 2017's Tomb Raider, which I saw in a theater and it's nothing like the Tomb Raider game and it's really bad and I, I think part of that is what you were saying with the set pieces like it's the same issue there it's more e- it's more fun to interact with a set piece and figure it out for yourself and let it unfold in a sort of a cinematic way you know in the palm of your hands you know with the with the controller and everything than it is to just sit down and watch watch that happen um, and it's just studios have this problem I think where when they're adapting video games they think they have to change the story a lot like I, I really don't think adapting a video game into a movie has to be like adapting a book um, like I get there's a lot in video games you know there's a lot of shooting a lot of walking exploring that obviously would not translate to screen that well and even with uh, you know we think about Mario yeah. Mario has like really deep but hidden lore, but it's not enough to make a story out of. And yet we get the monstrosity Super Mario Brothers with John Leguizamo and, and Bob Hoskins. And Bob Hoskins. Uh, that one's fucking crazy. It's, it's like, crazy. like the meteorite, like the dinosaurs are like tied into it or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that shit looks not. I that, still haven't seen that all the way through. Actually, I watched it a long time ago when I was young, and I was like, "What the fuck? This is crazy." And it was really weird, and I didn't like it, but I like I still I own it on DVD still. But um, it's like things like that. Like I think I think where we go wrong is adapting the story 
you know, we can get past the hurdle of like, you know, people just wanting to play the game. If you make the story interesting enough, yeah. I think, and, and, and really bring what the heart of whatever game you're trying to adapting into the film, I think you'll win a lot of people over. Do you think that's shame a little bit? Because I, I felt like in Uncharted, they, they were almost ashamed that it's adapted from a video game. So they, they change a lot of elements so that it could be taken more seriously as a film. I, I think yeah, with because, Mario Brothers especially, you're, you're seeing that because they're completely yeah. changing what yeah, the story yeah, or the context yeah. of the of the video game is. And it's like, I don't know, maybe maybe just like faithfully adapt like what happens in the game like a, a lot of yeah. people fuck with the warcraft movie because apparently yeah. that's like just warcraft lore yeah like, put dude, to the screen. because it's good it's the warcraft the video game lore for warcraft is good and all they did was adapt that to the screen and make some badass fucking battle sequences and fight sequences and it's good it's good i like the warcraft movie um and i think um you mentioned like you know i think video games up until recent years, like I'm talking within the last five to ten years, video games have started becoming uh, seen as as art instead of just like entertainment. Like I think a lot of filmmakers look down on video games, especially maybe some of the older generation. They see it as like a lower form of just entertainment when recent years have shown us it's actually an art form in and of itself. And I think when they're adapting that, they think of it. They don't think of it as an art form, so they have to translate it to an art form, and, and that's what that's where they go wrong. That's where they've been going wrong for for so long. And I think I'll use the Warcraft example again. I think that's why Warcraft is so cool, is because they're literally not trying to do anything else with that other than tell the fucking Warcraft story and 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 bring characters that are and things that people recognize from the world. They're building this world up, and they got a cool ass fucking fight sequences and the cgi looks great and it's just like that's all you need warcraft is a fine video game adaptation and um i'm trying to think of some other ones that we've had i know we've had a lot in the recent like, a lot of people years. really fucked with the the sonic movie i mean i still like, haven't seen it but yeah i heard as well i so i mean with with that film in particular like i i, I do agree that it's pretty fun because i think for the most part like they did a pretty good job just taking the character of Sonic and like you know especially mm-hmm. the the Jim Carrey as uh, <laughs> Eggman uh, yeah. is is really like fun it, it, it's silly yeah um, I think that the that's the perfect representation of my frustrations with video ga- video game adaptations and what I'd like to see more because they've got all those like fun gamey elements like literal bosses from the video game like in the movie and that's great and the character design after they tweaked it of course Mm -hmm. is 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 straight from um a sonic game i think what that movie represents to me in terms of frustration is like yeah they make it like a road trip movie which is it's pretty weak because i I don't think that's ever been an element of the sonic games is a road trippiness and also it just it feels like terrible like all the human characters that they add in so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all of these video game movies, I will say, that, or a lot of recent ones, are extra shameless with the product placement. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's like, I, I guess it's because people um, don't take these movies being developed as seriously. They feel like they can get away with that 
that cringe shit, yeah. I guess. I don't know. So in Sonic, it's like Olive Garden comes up like five yeah. million times. And in Uncharted, literally, Mark Wahlberg walks into a Papa John's and he's like, I think I'm in a Papa John's right now. <laughs> oh and God. I mean, they're playing it for a joke. But I'm laughing because it's just like, oh. in spite of you trying to play it as a joke, it just feels so like shameless and embarrassing. Yeah. Like, I can't believe like, oh my Oscar nominee Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is having to go in there and be like, I think I'm literally in a oh Papa John's God. right now. Oh my God. I think, I think a lot of the product placement in video game movies is due, maybe it's still attached to the 80s excess. Yeah, uh, era because that's where video games really thrived was like the '80s. That's where they really, you know, you know like the '80s. You think of '80s, you think of arcades mm-hmm. mainly, and in, in, in the malls and everything. And, and I think maybe that's part of it. Maybe maybe fucking studio fucks that are 75 years old they think of video games as just a thing as something to adapt and put out the screen for product placement so they can make a shit ton of money because that's all the 80s were is like a bunch of fucking ads for everything you could possibly need and while you're at it play this game I, I, they just see it as, as an advert really and uh, um, that's fucking stupid and I think uh, I'll, recently with games coming out showing that it, they can be an art form I'm specifically thinking of like um, Life is Strange, Red Dead Redemption 2, hell, even GTA 5, because oh just of the way those games are built. Like Rockstar games, the the story-centric, uh, but the game is still really fun, but they, they're just very cinematic. I mean, hell, in Red Dead Redemption 2, there's cinematic view. You literally yeah. click a button, and you're in cinematic mode, and you play the game in these different cinematic fucking aspect ratio of 239.1. <clears throat> you know, it's so cool. Um, and... I mean, yeah, I, I wish they would take it more seriously. I think that's where they go wrong. Like, with Sonic, like, I know it's hard to adapt, like, an older video game like Sonic, but they also just have to add humans into everything. Yeah. And now it's like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it was it was wrong with Transformers. Yeah. It's still wrong it's still today. Wrong. Like, I, like, they're always the worst part of the movie. I especially felt that way watching fucking Kong versus Godzilla yeah. last year. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just, like, make a 30... 30- like, don't be ashamed. Just make, like, a 30-minute, like, YouTube fight, essentially. Yeah. Like, make a death battle video. That's why people watch death battle is yeah. for the little funny <laughs> shit at the end. Um, I was going to ask, because you're bringing up Rockstar games, which do usually have exceptional stories, do you think that a lot of the problem... Oh, cute. Podcast dog Podcast is being dog. cute. Oh, oh, she's being so cute. Um, do you think with a lot of the... Uh, examples here like grand theft auto and red dead redemption like you know do you think that video games allow for stories to take their time a lot of time you know like are video game stories maybe too dense for feature length Mm. movies like maybe you do need to have like 10 hours at least before you take something like that seriously yeah yeah i i I do i do think so because when uh i've played through grand theft auto 5 probably eight times all the way through it is it's one of my favorite video games it's one of the favorite stories ever fucking told those characters are amazing the world they create is is brilliant um but i was thinking you know the last couple times i replayed it i'm like how would you adapt this into a movie and then i thought no this is way too dense and long this would literally be a tv show and i think that's why a lot of video game adaptations have found success in TV shows. I'm thinking of The Witcher. There's mm. uh, their commission one for Fallout and Last of Us. Last honestly, of us. I mean the, the antithesis of Naughty Dog's other project. Last of Us is way more gritty than um, 
than than Uncharted, and also like revered for its cutscenes. But I feel like mm-hmm. they've done everything right so far with what I know about the HBO show. Like, yeah, yeah, p- casting actors that are like age appropriate, Pedro Pascal, and uh, yeah, and um, oh, I can't remember Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Bella, I think she's the she's Lady. Um, Mormont from uh, oh, Game yeah, of Thrones, yeah. yeah, the 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 young actress. Okay, I, I feel like just amazed one at those castings, and then also they cast uh, one of the actors from the video game as the role she played in the video game, and that's, it's a, it's a principal role. That's I, fucking great. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel like TV might be the format for video games. Yeah, because yeah. I, I do feel like most of the cherished video game adaptations, like Castlevania and like Witcher, yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. you know, they're all TV shows. I mean, Halo coming out later later this month. I don't know if it'll be any good, but like, but, I mean, I'm curious now. Yeah. And in the fact, honestly, that it's a TV show rather than a movie has me more interested in it. Yeah, same. Wow, you know what? I ha- I wasn't thinking about that going into this <laughs> yeah. discussion, but it does seem like they are pivoting. More Mostly towards, towards television. Amazon's also kind of leading the charge on that. They, I mean, other than the Fallout show, they just picked up Disco Elysium, which is yeah. one of the most yeah. celebrated story-driven games like ever. Right, uh, right. And I, I mean, having played a lot of Disco Elysium, I do feel like television would be the only route that you could go with that yeah. if you were going to try. And I still don't know how they're going to do it because mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of the story of Disco Elysium uh, depends on the player and like choice and and um that's how i feel about the fallout yeah, video show. game tropes yeah, yeah. it's gonna be interesting gonna to be see interesting. those shows but yeah. maybe we'll have like an uh a, another episode in the future in a couple of years where it'll be like uh basically a, a, a redux of this conversation once we have the perspective of all these tv shows like how they're working and everything like yeah that. it's gonna be a very important year this year yeah especially with like how much money you can throw at a show and like whether <laughs> yeah. it'll be good still like a lot of I'm, I'm not trying to get too off topic but you know lord of the rings uh, crosses over into video games a lot but like right. with lord of the rings especially everyone knows that that show cost a billion dollars but uh we're it's starting to look pretty uh iffy in, in terms of like critics like deciding whether it is gonna be like really good or yeah pretty shit like yeah. I, it, like can a billion dollars and like a lot of effort like actually save these properties or do you need maybe to focus more on like direction and yeah like, yeah uh i don't know like <laughs> it's hard to tell because they haven't come out yet right right yeah it's all speculative but i don't know there, there, there's a cynic in me that that will always take this news and and, and kind of like scowl at it and be yeah. like oh my gosh amazon bought another video game that they're gonna adapt now like really yeah i, I just I wish mean, they weren't picking such bangers though it's like yeah. how it's hard to not get excited about my video game feelings about these properties right yeah what what is there a video game that you think a tv show or movie that you want to see adapted and it was it, it was let's just imagine for a second that some studio was going to do justice to a video game adaptation and could be a movie or a TV show, what what video game would you choose for them to do? Oh, my God. For the longest time, I wanted a Legend of Zelda movie. Like, there was an April Fool's trailer IGN did back in, like, 2009, and it was so dope, like, that I was like, whoa, I can't wait for the Legend of Zelda movie. Right. Um, it would be hard because you have a non-speaking protagonist. I just really want to see Hollywood tackle 
the non-speaking protagonist and actually like commit to it yeah. you know like they don't speak like the whole right. movie I don't know. Like with, with the Halo, did it with Hardcore Henry. I know it's not an adaptation, but but it's, it's proved a, that you can have a very entertaining, high octane yeah. movie like that without having the character yeah. speak. At That's all. literally a video game movie. <laughs> I love. I I I haven't seen it all the way through, but I've loved everything I've seen of Hardcore Henry, and nobody was really fun. So I mean, yeah, I'll have to check that out. But Legend of Zelda would be really cool to see. Um, I think and okay. and Mass Effect, a TV series of Ooh. Mass Effect, maybe. That'd be dope. I can see that coming soon. I'm not going to lie. They just did Halo. If Halo goes well, I guarantee you they'll do Mass Effect. I don't know what they could do with Mass Effect, though, that you can't get from just having, like, played the games. So probably Legend of Zelda, if if you put me on the spot. What about you, man? I'm going to go. I want a TV show of uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, that'd be fun. I think they could do it. The story, they really don't have to change much about the story. Like, the story in Grand Theft Auto V is already fucking great. Um, And and I think that world is, they could do, like, it's a a satirical world. So, obviously, there's a lot you could do with that in film. uh, And the characters are ripe for a TV show. Like, those are the kind of characters you want to stick with for five or six seasons. So... That's what I would want to see is, is is Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I mean, and from Rockstar, like, if they ever thought about doing Red Dead Redemption 2, I would just I would, love to see that in another format so more yes. people can experience. I would story. come. I would come if they announced the Red Dead Redemption, like, adaptation. Because that might just be the bet, my favorite Western story, like, ever. It is really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's such a shame that people... Because, especially because people won't finish the game a Literally. lot of the times like it's so long that yeah. a lot of like serious gamers just dropped it and it's like damn i really do want to see this adapted so yeah. people can see it all the way through and see how amazing it is yeah. like throughout it's you know? so fucking good and i mean it really takes its time too like oh yeah good. like i i think that's something i meant with like video games being too dense for like feature length is like I cannot mm-hmm. imagine a two hour version of Red Dead Redemption Two story. No, like it would, it would suck. It would not have nearly as much depth. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's way more stuff you can do with with television when it comes to adapting video games. But don't get too crazy, people. Okay, yeah, I know yeah. a lot of high high up there producers listen to our shows and I get know. ideas from us. All Stop it, a hey, Mr. Putin. If you're listening, uh, let's just give you a mom. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't do that. That will uh, love you. <laughs> that, that will love you. That no, that's what she said. She's like, if I was your mother, I, w- I would have loved you. And yet, oh, I'm like, good god. I did, like I said, I, I shut that shit off like yeah. so fast. I, was like, I can't, I can't stomach this. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched the whole video. I've only watched like 20 seconds of it. It's like, fuck you, bro. There, I mean, like like I said, you know, I'm speaking with my wallet and I'm speaking with my screen time, you know? I'm yeah. not going to give that shit any more <laughs> no. attention. Gal Gadot, please, just don't make a sequel to the Imagine video. <laughs> but, I mean, she would. Maybe she'd get all meta with it. Like, oh, I know the first one sucked, but this one <laughs> is going to suck on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, God. You know, before we close out, I would just like to say... That uh, Patty Jenkins captured lightning in a bottle with the first Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman two proved that she didn't even know what she did in the first one. Uh, that's what I'd just like to end this week off of. Yeah, just because I recently watched a scene from Wonder Woman, and I just thought about how much better it was compared to the second one, and how just lost in the direction and tone it was. And I just thought, hmm, 
yeah, she really, uh, she really didn't know what she had there. So, yeah, and 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 also Gal Gadot, you know, yeah, like we we can stop pretending now that the first Wonder Woman has passed that she's like, like a good actress or like yeah, yeah. even that great of a it's like, person. It's like okay, okay, she's just like a model, yeah, actress. And, like that's it's fine. Everybody, calm down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not sexist or anything. It really no, is no, just it really like, isn't. She just Wonder Woman was like her only good film. Like I know I'm gonna go see Death on the Nile here in a little bit, and I'm I'm just like and enough champagne to fill the Nile. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like the fact that that one line is read so bad in the trailer that people can like already get the like sniff of her. Be- Honestly, this is gonna be. I'm sorry. I'm I've got it on the brain because I'm about to go see it, but. Army Hammer's also in it. I mean, oh, we've got kind of a fuck. controversial cast on our hands with Death on the Nile. It's going to be interesting. I mean, we're going to have to maybe shelve the Batman spoiler talk yeah. for like indefinitely because or we're going to have to have Death on the Nile talk. Mm-hmm, a three-part series on <laughs> Death on the Nile. <laughs> we're going to have like a surgical uh, dive in to the Death on the Nile. Th- this channel is about to be a lot more like Mahler, as in that we're going to start making our podcasts about like 12 times longer but with like a quarter of the substance that exists in them now. <laughs> why is this man wearing gloves in this scene? Why would why, why would he be wearing gloves? That's just ridiculous. I hate this. My opinion's objective, by the way. <laughs> oh my god. Can't wait. Well, tune in next time for the 12-hour episode of Mind Over Movies where we dissect Death on the Nile. And as always, here's 30 minutes of silence followed by three quick gunshots. <laughs> <laughs>